As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It only... You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Montana's. Montana's is bringing back the viewing party after the pandemic. Go out with your pals, go watch the game over at Montana's. They've got daily deals uh, all all week long. Monday, half price wings. Tuesday, kids eat for $2. Actually, it's the Taco Tuesday. Reading the old one because no, I'm so fired up here. $5 Tuesday tacos. Yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry. Uh, Wednesday is still all you can eat ribs. Thursday and every day. Uh, it is the drink specials. Seven locations across British Columbia, Fort St. John, Kelowna, Langley, Nanaimo, Prince George, Tawasson, and of course, Victoria. My name is Dave Grigelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer today is Aaron Bordado. That's a name you can trust. And we are here to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. And Chris, yeah, I can't be having fun today. No fun today. No fun. This is a no fun zone today. That's why I wore a tie today. Yeah, uh, this is a no fun zone today. Uh, the chat was blowing up before we even went live here, and people have a lot of thoughts about Andre Kuzmenko, the news of the day, signing a two-year extension with the Vancouver Canucks with an annual average value of five and a half 
million dollars. The deal is reported. I think it was Dolly Wall that reported it to have a 12 team no trade clause. That coming down around 10:30 this morning. Uh, his agent Dan Milstein tweeted it out at 10:37 a.m. Yep, look at that right there. A couple days ago, he's tweeting out money. Today, he's uh, cashing checks about that money. Yep, big big deal for Andre Kuzmenko. Five point five million dollar cap hit uh, for the next two years. Okay, now let's talk about it. Where do you want to start with the Kuzmenko deal? Well, what, I, how I, long have we been saying on this show that it is the best interest of the Canucks to win a Stanley Cup to trade for assets for Andre Kuzmenko? You've now signed him to a two year extension. He turns twenty seven next week. He's an excellent contributor offensively for the Vancouver Canucks. Defensively, his numbers actually don't even look that bad either. He plays really good with Elias Pettersson. We all know that. Contract, $5.5 million, also isn't horrible if he keeps up what he's doing right now. Like, you know what? Kuzmenko's was on pace to score 35 goals this year. Okay, that's good. That's really good. I like that. 35 goals in a Canucks uniform? That's great. It's just about the timing again for me. And I sent out a tweet because I thought, I thought this was kind of funny. They had to sign him this week because he turns 27 next week. And we've heard from Jim Rutherford and Patrick Calvin that they, they're looking to get players and target players that are 26 and under. This is why they signed this deal, man. Next week he turns 27. So I don't know. I, I Where do you want to start? Cut this part of the podcast. Aaron, we're not live on YouTube. People are uh, talking in the chat. We're not We're not live here. Oh, still waiting on, uh, we'll, on YouTube. We'll cut here. it, Aaron, but no one, no one can hear us right now. But are we all good? Like... We were live. I'm pretty dang, pretty dang sure. No, we're not. We're not live on YouTube. Okay. I think can, can people hear us though? Uh, no, we're not live anywhere. I don't. I, well, unless we're on Twitter, we're live. I think we might be live on Twitter somewhere. This is not uh, not a great uh, not a great start okay. here today. That's Aaron for, says that's reset it. Sure. Aaron says reset. We are live now. Are we? Okay. Are we sure on YouTube? Big day today. Okay, we are live on YouTube. All right. Uh, I already hear. did the ad read. Folks, listen to the podcast if you want the ad read. We're going to dive leave, right in. Uh, all that, uh, all those eight minutes in there. Whatever. We're, we're, we're diving right into it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> Andre Kuzmenko extension. We've been talking it's, it's about it for like five minutes, yeah, folks. But we're sorry also, we're so late. It's also really good because I'm like, where do you want to start with the Kuzmenko thing? Let's start with going live on YouTube. That's where yes. we'll start. So uh, we're set. Now we're all we can, set now. We can get into it. Minor, just minor technical difficulties where the show doesn't actually hit the air. But we're here now. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko's extension. We've been talking about for a while, Chris, the not getting caught up in the semantics of retool and rebuild. And the thing that I always said to you was, I'm not going to complain about that for five shows in a row. What I am going to do is talk about each move and talk about um, why I like a move and why I don't like a move. So I thought it'd be fitting to do a pros and cons of the Andre Kuzmenko um, extension. Two years, and again, repeating it for the people that were on the live show and, you know, we weren't live. Uh, two years at $5.5 million annually for Andre Kuzmenko. 12-team, no-trade clause uh, on that deal. I'll start with a pro. Okay. Dan Milstein, the agent for Andre Kuzmenko, just set up the best potential contract extension after this one for himself. This is an amazing deal for Andre Kuzmenko because the next two seasons, he's likely to play a lot of minutes with Elias Pettersson, and if he continues to have success... He's going to hit free agency as a 28-year-old who can play with top-end players and is going to be potentially the winger of Elias Pettersson's maximum prime. Like, what a great spot for Kuzmenko to get paid in. And Dan Milstein, I think, knows exactly what he's doing. When he wanted to sign a bridge deal, he's been talking about a bridge deal for a long time. 
He's going to absolutely maximize the value with the cap going up down the road. I tell you what, the biggest pro in my eyes is how much money Andre Kizmenko is going to make from this situation. That's my biggest pro. Is, is it not? It's nope, the biggest, you're right. The it's biggest not a pro positive, for Canucks If you fans. look at the whole situation, the biggest positive here is how much money Andre Kizmenko can potentially make. Not just in this contract. This contract makes sense. This is, this is a solid money-for-value contract. Excellent deal for Andre Kuzmenko. The Canucks, they're going to get their value out of this because he's probably going to be playing, like I said, a lot with Pedersen. But, but not only, like, how many playoff... I, I was going to ask, how many playoff games are they going to win in these next uh, two years? How many playoff games are they going to be in in the next two years? Like, what's the best-case scenario for the Vancouver Canucks? Think about it. Like, the best-case scenario for the Vancouver Canucks in this spot would be, like, the best legitimate. Because, like, the best-case scenario is, like, yeah, they win the Stanley Cup next year. That's not going to happen. The best-case scenario for the Canucks is, like, maybe he hits his prime at 29, right? Like, maybe he he doesn't have the most incredible two years here. We can still lock him down at a decent contract. Then he hits his prime at 29. Is that not the best-case for the Vancouver Canucks here? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. I think what it comes down to, Chris, and another pro, another pro. Let, let's get all the pros out of the way first. Cause I feel like we're gonna have a few more cons. Another pro that I want to bring up: Pedersen gets his line mate sure. for two more years. You yep. keep Elias Pedersen happy, sure. Uh, another pro: the contract is fine, like two years at five and a half million dollars in a vacuum for Andre Kuzmenko's production. That's a fine contract, okay? okay. Uh, the Canucks keep a player and his agent happy. Kuzmenko wanted to stay here. Uh, oh, Milstein's got already of, very happy with yeah. the Canucks. Well, I'm saying they're keeping him happy. They're, they're keeping him happy. They're keeping Kuzmenko happy. happy. And that's about it for the pros, I think. Okay? Yeah. Now let's get into some cons. Because on the same side of all of those things, Patterson gets his line mate. That's great. The contract is fine in a vacuum. That's fantastic. But for the Canucks... It's not a good contract. Two years at $5.5 million for another winger? You don't need all of these wingers. And again, you, you look at where you are in your competitive cycle if you're the Canucks, right? And people are saying, well, I didn't, I didn't want to see them trade Kuzmenko because what if they could only get a second-round pick and a B-level prospect for Kuzmenko? That's great! <laughs> like, that's a fine return if that's all you could get. I think they could have got more than that. But people will say, oh, well, you know, I, I don't like this. And this... This idea that the Canucks needed to keep Kuzmenko because because they they weren't gonna get they weren't gonna get a first plus for him on the trade market it makes no sense like like what whatever you think the best case scenario what do you think the best case scenario is of keeping Kuzmenko right now on this contract if you're the Canucks like what is the best case scenario for the Canucks it's it's what I said. It's like he he doesn't hit his prime for another two years. You just push down the road and hope that he hits his prime. Then it makes no and sense. And then you get him. Then like it that, makes that's no a- sense. And I tweeted this out from the Canucks Army account. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. A, a week ago, we hear major surgery needs to be done to this roster. Major surgery needs to be done to this roster. Says the surgeon before rubbing some dirt on it. Like nice. holy cow, what are we doing here? And I'm not again. I wanted to come out here and be as impartial as possible. That's why I wanted to do pros and cons instead of just coming out and saying, this deal sucks, blah, blah, blah. Because, again, I, the deal doesn't suck. I'll give suck. you a pro. Sure. We get to talk to Andre Kizmenko in the media for two more years. That's a sure. That's a big pro in my eyes. That yeah, makes me happy when I great. go to the rink. That's great. When it comes to the direction of this team, though, this is a laughable misstep. Mm-hmm. Like, laughable misstep for this team. And, again, this is nothing against Andre Kuzmenko. Everybody gets confused whenever you say stuff like this. So, no, well, you know what? I don't good. think they do. I don't think you need to say that anymore. Okay, sure. Andre Kuzmenko's got a 25% shooting percentage right now. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
That's coming back down to earth. His production's going to drop. It is another example, again, of a winger, keep in mind, that the Canucks have just bought high on. Like, the Canucks' plan, you ask for a plan, Chris? Their plan is, well, we're going to extend and keep and clutch on to every good player we have, and then when those good players start to regress or are bad, we're going to give up assets to get out of that so that we can sign more good players. It's simple, really. It's not working. This is not the way to do it. And again... I was very, I, I was not critical of the team when they came out and said they wanted to retool. I was going to judge them on each move that they made. That was how I wanted to go about this. They've made their move, and I'm judging them big time. This is a bad move for this team right now. Not getting assets for Kuzmenko. And by the way, don't even get me started on the whole fact that every team knows they can't afford Bo Horvat now. Yeah. So all this leverage they were talking about, and oh, we're not going to let anybody talk to his agent about an extension. What are you doing? You've got no leverage, and you have to... Hope. I won't even say you have to think because you don't have to think about this with this team. You don't have to think this. You hope that the Canucks have a trade lined up for Bo Horvat and the team already knows that they're going to make this deal and they are. it's basically just dotting some I's and T's and whatever, yeah. right? Crossing your T's. That's what you hope for this team right now because they have put themselves put themselves in such a position right now where not only have they made this move for Kuzmenko, which we've made pretty clear, um, has far more cons than it does pros for this team, right? They, they bought high on a winger again. Like, another winger. I just... Uh, this, 24 hours, not even, after you play against the Seattle Kraken, who, look at their team, is just four lines. Like, you want to run four lines? You don't do it like this. You don't do it by just paying big for wingers. Like, you have to... you. I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I literally, this team is going to give me, like, I, I literally feel like I'm losing brain cells covering and talking about this team. It, it feels like, and there's a good comment in here from Commander Vander, but it's bang on where it's another spot where how many times in the Jim Benning era did you see buy high and sell low? And that's what Commander Vander said. This is what it feels like here. They're like, it's not like you're buying, like you're probably buying value here on the two years. But are you really buying value in the long term of this bank of on of even say Kuzmenko signs after this deal? Like you you're buying even higher than on, on him at that point. So like if, if the Canucks really thought Kuzmenko from forty whatever games he's played, if they thought he was gonna be like a long term fix for Patterson, then they probably should have gone for the approach of long term. Now it's just like the only way the Canucks can win this deal with like the actual process of the deal is if they're winning in the next two years. And I find yeah. that so hard to accomplish. And I just have to go against this argument here. And Corey Anderson, regular commenter in the chat. Corey, we always appreciate your contributions. But I've seen this from too many people, and i got to pick this apart right now. He said, you guys are assuming every winger with this team will be back. The next six months will have to be judged as a whole. If they buy out Pearson, Garland, and trade Besser, then this makes more sense. Okay, so put more money on the books. Okay, more dead money on the book. Canucks have more than enough of that. And then just trade the player that you might have to actually give up assets for. That's the whole point of the trade Kuzmenko argument is, yeah, you've got Garland and Besser here, and yeah, they're not as good as Kuzmenko is right now, but you know, maybe don't sell on those guys because you're not really going to be competitive over the next two years anyway and start to make smart moves where you're just loading up on assets whenever possible. Mm. It's this never-ending cycle of what I just said. Well, let's just trade the bad players. Let's just get rid of the bad players. Newsflash. And I'm not directing this at Corey. Newsflash for everybody out there. 
Other teams see your bad players and know that they are bad players. They are not giving up a second or first round pick for Brock Besser. They may have done that for Kuzmenko. There were teams calling the Canucks wanting to trade for Andre Kuzmenko. The whole time, the whole time, the Canucks have made it clear that they intend to re-sign this player. That was what I've been told the entire time. They, they never really entertained the idea of trading Kuzmenko. I think that's just a gigantic misstep by this team, and I, 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 will, not, I will not listen to the argument that, well, it's fine because they can buy out Pearson and Garland, and then they can trade Besser as well. You're giving up assets to do that, and one of those assets is money, right? Like, again... And flexibility. And flexibility. You just you gain so much flexibility with the cap. You would have had a draft pick to play with. And again, like think of having three first round picks. You don't even have to use all those. I'm sure. not I say this once an episode. Look at what the Montreal Canadians were able to do by just having so much draft capital. Mm. They traded for a twenty one year old center. They you know what? No team is probably trading Andre Kuzmenko for a twenty one year old center that the Canucks want, right? Yeah. It's probably not gonna happen. But a team is trading a first-round pick, like a mid-to-late first-round pick, plus a third or whatever it was. That no, but not even up. that. This is what I. This is what sucks for Canucks fans. Is Canucks fans will never know the power of having a trade asset prospect. Yes. Okay. Because I've seen the argument of like, are, yeah, but are you guaranteed that that late first-round pick is going to hit? No. But look at what teams are doing right now. Look at what the Vancouver Canucks are doing with the Carolina Hurricanes and Scotty Moore, who was picked in the second round. Look at Brock Faber, who was picked in the second round. Drew Hellison was picked in the second round. Right shot defensemen who were picked in the second round, how much value they have on a trade deadline. Like the Canucks fans, unfortunately, the way this team is run, they're never going to know what it's like to have a valuable trade aspect prospect. Like even if they wanted to be good, if they wanted to be good and add, they can't. Like they literally can't. Like, it's it's unreal to see, and I I feel so unfortunate because like late people have been making that argument like yeah, but this late first round pick is not going to be as valuable as Kuzmenko might be. Yeah, it is, man. And for what? And, for what? And is you get to save the money. You, is Kuzmenko pushing you to the playoffs? No. no, he gets maybe he gets you closer, right? Yeah. Like yeah, he probably gets you closer than Lane Peterson on Elias Pettersson's wing. Yep. Okay, he probably gets you closer. But look at this team right now, like this idea of just. Well, we're just going to keep retooling, and we're, the way to do that is to keep all of our good players and trade, get rid of all of our bad ones. Yeah. It's not that simple. You need flexibility, and the Canucks continuously don't give themselves flexibility. And this is the end. This is the end of me ever, ever saying for Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin defending them when they bring up the argument of, well, you know, like it's really hard to make moves in a flat cap environment, and we need to free up cap space, and we don't have any cap space. They got, I'm not listening the way, to that. They've committed too much money thing, to wingers. I quickly just was like, and I don't have the numbers exactly right, but this is just like the rough draft of me doing it before I really. And I, I counted in for some of the LTI guys, and even included Tanner Pearson as an LTI guy. The Canucks like go into next year throwing, let's assume Pullman and Pearson are on LTI. I think it's 13 guys under contract, so nine spots to fill, or. Yeah, 10 spots to fill for your full roster at the NHL level. They have like $12 million. Like you're you're about to to rely on, you know, hopefully Huglander doesn't ask for anywhere near $2 million because you're not going to be able to afford Huglander. Better keep him in the A if you don't like, want you need you to now, want that. You need to now fill the rest of this roster. You have to, like, the roster is going to lose Horvat. You're going to lose Luke Shen. <clears throat> You're going to have to... They might resign him, too. You're going to have to pay Ethan Bear to keep him in. And then you're looking... And Bear's not going to be under a million dollars. No no way, man. 
then you're going to have to fill the rest of your lineup with like 10 spots of guys. So you take this Canucks team, you take away their leading goal scorer, you you add in Pod Colson, right? He's still on his ELC. You add in Huglander, he's going to need another contract. It's not going to be huge. And then it's like, okay, so you lost, you lost Horvat, you lost Shen. You're also now needing to bring up like near pretty much 10 guys who make a million dollars or less. That's what the team's going to look like next year. The thing is, that's Chris, crazy to think that. And then you look at it and it's okay. So that team next year doesn't sound very good. That does not sound like a good playoff team unless you find like the most valuable $950,000 players in the world. But that now that's half of this deal that you just signed for Kismanko. When you could have added prospects, you also could have that extra 5.5 in cap space. It just doesn't like, man, like we said, we have to judge this management group now off of the things they've said about retooling and being competitive in two to three years. I don't see how the Kuzmenko deal really helps that that much because I don't think they're competitive next year. The way we just talked about the roster, man, they are not adding much (laughs) on this team. This is embarrassing. It's, this is an embarrassing way to go about your business if you're a Canuck, if you're if you're an NHL organization in the position where the Canucks are. This is flat out embarrassing. Like I tried to come in here and not, dude, you know, you are going to need to look at this next year sign. Like Myers, OEL, Hughes, Stillman. Okay, and like I said, Ethan Bear is going to need more money. Now, like hang you, on a sec. But here's the thing: with like right, you are going to fill the bottom of your defense core, the bottom pairing with. Guys that are, like, worse than Riley Stillman. You might have to fill three center positions with guys who are worse than Riley Stillman. Yeah. Oh. Three center positions, Chris. Three lines. You have Elias Pettersson, and then you're going to have Jack Stadnika well, followed by no, Sheldon Dries, what it, followed by Lane Peterson playing you, center. You better start to get used to – people better start to learn the game of Justin Dowling. Uh, he's a good example in the AHL. He's going to be a center in the NHL next year for the Canucks. Maybe you're going to get ready. John Stevens, hell of a leader down in the <laughs> NHL. Get, get out used of here. To him. Don't start with he's this. playing three C for you next year in, in Don't Vancouver. Start with this. Okay. No, like, seriously. It, okay. Here's, here's the other thing on the other side of, um, on the other side of what I just said, right? Like here's, here's a positive, positive take on the situation. Okay. With this signing, and we look at how bleak the cap situation is and all that sort of stuff and how hard it's going to be to fill a roster, I wonder if they have gotten the green light on a Oliver ekman Larson buyout. I wonder. It would free up a lot of cap space next year. And again, this is one of those things, and I know, look... I only blow up when they make the bad move. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come and you know. I wasn't gonna spend weeks on end crying about them not rebuilding or saying the word rebuild. I'm gonna criticize them on each move they make. Okay. Right now, I'm not gonna bother talking too much in the same vein about. Oh well, look at the cap situation with Kuzmenko because there's there's something coming. They they've got to do something here. I just don't know if I I'm gonna like what they do. Like I don't think buying out Garland is the smartest idea for this team. And it looks like they might end up doing that. Like, you had the chance to trade Kuzmenko. And again, this is the thing, Chris. When it comes to keeping the market happy and keeping your fans happy, this market's been crying for a rebuild. Like, legitimately begging the team to rebuild. That doesn't happen often in pro sports. It's usually, like, disciplined general managers and owners that have to try and convince their fans, like, hey, you know what? We're going to have to rebuild. This market is begging Begging for a rebuild. If they've traded Kuzmenko for a second round pick and a B-level prospect and came out to the fans and said, you know what? We weren't going to be able to sign Kuzmenko to something that made sense for us, so we had to trade him. 
And that, that's how we ended up here. There's not going to be fans saying, I can't believe they did this to me. I really liked Kuzmenko. There might be a couple fans that are upset about it in a vacuum. But when you explain your process and you say, you know what? This deal doesn't make sense. Because let's be clear, the deal they had to sign and ended up signing, it doesn't make sense for the Canucks. It literally doesn't. It does not make sense for them in their competitive window. It's a fine contract. I like Andre Kuzmenko, the player. The Canucks are not in a position to be taking any risk right now. Yeah. They need to be taking sure moves. And the only sure move here, Chris, was to sell Andre Kuzmenko for whatever prospect and whatever pick you get. Even if those don't turn out and all you're left with is cap space, that's a win. That's yeah. a win for where this team's at. So don't give me the, well, that B-level prospect might not turn out. Well, that first-round pick might not turn out. Don't give me that because you're getting the cap space for sure. And that is an advantage for this team it's, that they've now lost. Because. It, it's like, I, I want to say that it's like, a, me and Harm talked about this one time. It's the compound that you get from the cap space that gives you another thing of value. You would have had that $5.5 million of space to buy a first round pick, basically. Like, so you you could have looked at this, and now that you have the money for Kuzmenko, it's crazy to think. Kuzmenko's value loss compared to what you could have gained in the trade is basically now two first round picks. Because now you're paying them for next year and the year after that. If you've done and, this right and use that cap space to just take some team's player who's making $5.5 million and completely sucks, dude. Okay, and here's the thing. Dude, I just like... It, you it, laugh. You I laugh tr- about no, it. I know. I'm yeah. trying to like care and stuff, but it's like... <laughs> it, it's really hard to like... It's, a, it's hard for us to like give an opinion and think that it's actually something that can happen a lot of the time now. Like, it it seriously is. Because we have been saying for a long time now, what you can gain if you went the right way and you flipped Luke Shen, you flipped Bo Horvat, you flipped Andre Kuzmenko. Just one disciplined deadline. And we were talking about it like, man, that is what the fan base wants. That would be deserving of the fan base. Like, the fan base deserves that. And it's just like... Like now I'm now I'm just waiting for like okay now Luke Shen is going to be extended for two years at three point five. Uh, Bo Horvat is now going to sign the deal, and it's like oh now the Canucks are going to be you know rolling next season with fifteen players signed, and they're already like six million dollars over cap. Like that's because what have they, they shown they've us? They've got to know something that we don't. I have they to, have to know they, something we don't. I really yeah, and you know although what? I'm not sure, I genuinely I'm not sure about that yeah. at this point. I don't know. Can we? Okay. <laughs> We're on our first topic. It's 30 minutes into the show. We're on our first topic. Okay. You know what? I can transition this. Uh, Talk about the game. I got all these quotes from Rick Tockett. Yeah. Aaron, flip to the next uh, next segment. This is where we'll cut the clip on YouTube. But Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Rick talk it last night. Comes out. Second game as Canucks head coach. Calls his team as soft. You want the team. audio? Yeah, give me the audio. Let's let's hear the audio. Uh, this is Rick Talkett after last night's loss. Uh, 6-1 loss to the Seattle Kraken where the Canucks were just outmatched in every sense of the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, soft. It was a, you know, you hate to call your team soft, but it was soft tonight. You know, we didn't, uh, didn't participate on the wall battles. We didn't get a rim out. You know that we knew where they're. You know this is a good team. We didn't play predictable. We started regrouping. Like old habits, came, you know, old habits came. We were just talking the coach stuff. Man, I wish I had about ten practices. I really do. And because uh, it shows tonight that we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> a lot of work. Listen, <laughs> man. Yeah. Okay, Rick Talkett. Tough, hard player. I really like Rick Tockett so far. I'm just going to say it. Oh, yeah. like I really like Rick Tockett. He has, I think he's taken like every step so far as the Canucks coach, and he's been put into a very difficult situation. He's taken every step the right way. Like yep. many, many people in the hockey world believe that it's a diatrib to call a team soft. Like we, you and I, if, if, if we're calling a team soft, how many people in the replies are going to be like, play the game. Like you, you can't, you know, you, you've never been this level. You don't know. Okay, Rick Tockett played the game hard. And he's absolutely allowed to use that word when he talks about this Canucks team because he understands it and he's been at that level. So I can my my version of calling the Canucks soft, and I never I don't think I've ever called the Canucks soft because I, I would think that it, my my opinion on how soft a team is wouldn't matter. But Rick Talkett calling his own team soft in game two, and like, did you? I, I think uh, Bruff tweeted this out. The, the one where, like, he is literally speechless in game two. In game two. He hasn't spent 30 minutes talking about this team yet to the media, and he's speechless. What do we even say about this team? Oh, like, this team do doesn't say? need a retool, dude. It needs to it needs to take Nickelback on tour with them, burn everything to the ground, like straight up. There's a much better chance that way. The coach is in game two, and he's speechless, calling them soft, calling out the lead. Can we hear about the – you love this, Quads, the holes. I got this audio too. The holes in leadership. Um, Aaron, can we run this clip? This is uh, Rick Tockett talking about holes in the in the lineup and the leadership being questioned. Well, listen, you know, we all know there's some holes we got to fill. Um, you know, we're going to get that leadership group stronger, uh, more resilient uh, team, obviously. Um, and listen, I, I'm not making excuses, but maybe the anxiety caught up to them and every, it just, I, it looked like everybody looked tired. Everybody couldn't handle the puck. Usually you know, some games you have three or four guys that don't look good, but it seemed like I, I don't, there's a couple of guys actually really trying out there, but the rest of the guys were really struggling tonight. And maybe the anxiety hit their legs. I don't know. Rick Tockett just described every freaking Canucks oh, game man. we've seen this year. Where he's like, you know what? Three or four guys looked good. Yes, Rick, this is what the team looks like. And this isn't a criticism of Talkit. Like this I'm not I'm not trying to criticize Talkit and say what an idiot or anything like that. I just that's saying, what I'm saying. Talkit is nailing it so far. Long, Dude, Talkit like, is like he's picking up everything extremely <laughs> exactly. fast. Exactly. He's like in he's this like, organization. He's like, hey, wait a second. 
most of the guys look like they weren't trying to win puck battles. <laughs> Wait, like, guys was... weren't blocking shots. Wait a second. Only three or four guys looked like they were trying. Wait a second. We can't break a puck out of our own zone. Wait a second. We don't know how to forecheck. Wait a second. Like, he's catching it all up, but he... The, the thing that I think we're going to realize is he's seeing that this is what this team is right now. And they need, they do need major surgery. But instead, I understand he wants 10, 10 practices. And I understand, hey, look, uh, the people taking victory laps being like, it wasn't a coaching problem. And like, I'm not, of course it wasn't a coaching problem. But the people taking victory laps being like, well, target system suck. It's like, he hasn't implemented them. Dude, they he's got had to one a point practice. Of, of Cheech, who's like, Cheech is a, I tell you, I don't know how he keeps so positive. He even said last night, like driving a Mack truck to the passing lanes. Cheech, like the most positive guy around this Vancouver Canucks team. Did you see him on After Hours that one day? Like, we have, I, I we can't have, believe it. We have, I, I'm going the point. crazy, dude. I'm going crazy. Yeah, we're just laughing and pulling our hair out at this point. Like, we're, we feel like we're going insane. Like, this team is, and again, I know there's a lot of fans that would I, say this. I just this team that, is driving you insane. I hope that I am just the dumbest person. <laughs> I hope that I just have the the worst read on this organization. I hope I'm so wrong, man, because I just like, I I, I just want to see like, I'd <laughs> like to see them have some success. I'd like to see the fan base like enjoy a good team. It's just like, man, I hope I'm so wrong. I hope I'm so dumb and wrong about this Canucks team, but I don't think I am, dude. We're just going I don't see. think that I'm that stupid. I don't think that I have read this situation that incorrectly. I swear, I really hope I did, man. I really hope that I did. I just, I just, okay, and quickly here, uh, I know we got to get to your little updates thing that you've got. I, but, yeah, I know, and then I have all these on a sec. like little hang level on a sec. updates. Hang here. on a sec, because this, before the Kuzmenko extension happened today, I texted you last night and said, man, I want to talk about the Seattle Kraken and how they're built, okay? I want to point out one little move that we at Canucks Army pointed out right away. It was Noah Strang that wrote the article. Kudos to Noah. Eli Tolvanen, or Ellie, whatever his name is, Tolvanen, goes on waivers on, yeah, on December 12th, December 13th, or something like that. The Canucks were ahead of the Kraken in the waiver claim eligibility like time. They could have claimed him. Okay, If they put in a claim and the Kraken put in a claim, he's property of the Canucks. The Canucks, for whatever reason, don't put in a claim. And hey, you know what? That reason that people say is like, well, they didn't have the cap space. Okay. Stop committing... Big money to wingers so that you can take advantage of moments like this where a former first-round pick hits the waiver wire. Guy's got eight goals on the year. Like, that is good production for a guy you pick up on the waiver wire. And he's he can play in your bottom six. And the Kraken are running four lines, and they're doing it well. And the Canucks say that they want to be a team that runs four lines. And they wonder why they can't do it. Dude, and it's going to say, drive me up a wall. They used to say, like, I remember hearing this like a year ago, right? From, like, really smart hockey people. Like, Ray Ferraro used this term a lot. You can't put a Band-Aid on a broken bone. The Canucks are now put not, not only putting a Band-Aid on a broken bone, they are putting the Band-Aid where they actually need major surgery. They're putting name it's brand the Band-Aids level. and thinking that it'll fix it. They're putting name brand Band-Aids on the on the uh, broken bones and thinking it'll fix it right where they need surgery. They're putting band-aids. Man, I'm so jealous that you don't have to come here tomorrow. I'm so jealous that you do. Like I, I'm seriously going crazy, dude. And I, I apologize. I apologize for yelling folks. I don't like to yell right now. Uh, like the it. walls sorry. are good in here, man. Whatever. Are they? <laughs> I, don't know, bro. I, just, 
I think they are. I'm not gonna. I'm not They're gonna good start. strong walls in here. Yeah. Um, really yeah. nice view out the window. Yeah, of Rogers Arena right below. Yeah. Um, okay. I just like we're okay, gonna keep talking going, about this. No, let me. Okay, because I as much as I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> can I talk about some stuff that I like? Or just like yeah. Can I just I, take a breather? I'm gonna go no, fill up my water. This is the problem with no. I want you got to stay in here for these things and keep me going because you always check out so hard. Enjoy this with someone's. Me. Someone's Enjoy gonna this see this me walking me. home and I'm just gonna be like <laughs> like the whole time, just like talking to myself on the road. That's what this team is causing no, me to sit do. Sit down and enjoy this with me because these are I, I come with the the positivity as much as I can and I got some of it today. I just, okay? I, Anyone, anyone who's who's mad at me on this episode or whatever, just t- think about how positive I've been for the last. When everybody's complaining hopeful, and saying, hopeful. "Oh, he, he said the word rebuild," I was on the. I was I was so positive about all that. I was so positive. Your team retool, yeah. I was I was saying, you know what? They can retool if they do it right. Now I'm criticizing moves. This move sucks. Yeah, and I'm done. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not keeping it up. I'm done. Go ahead. Sorry, you got you got stuff. Go yeah, ahead. I have exciting stuff. Or not exciting, not even exciting. Just like pretty positive, mostly positive. I have news. There's some negative stuff in here. Listen, last 24 hours, I've talked to a lot of agents, talked to a lot of people, and was out in Abbotsford. So I got a lot of updates here to get to, okay? Starting with Vasily Podkoles. I got an audio clip for this too. I hope uh, Aaron's got this. I think he does. Vasily Podkoles in, being put into some of the most important offensive situations out there in Abbotsford quads. He's on the right half wall on the power play now, getting his one-timer off, and he was used on the right side during the six on five. And that was the, the guy that they were trying to get the puck to. So the offensive situations with pod Colson, he's getting them being relied upon for more offense. I asked him about the opportunity yesterday. Very much appreciates it. Uh, this is Vasily pod Colson talking about that opportunity. Yeah, that's, that, that's so appreciated. Yeah. That's a big, um, big opportunity for me and a big response as well. Cause it's uh when coach trusts you to like, uh, to last shot, it's, uh, it's always, uh, always important, always appreciated for me, and just uh, yeah, just just keep working and uh, keep going. Yeah, keep working, keep going. He's that's what he's doing. What did he say at the start? I don't know. Something. I thought he said this opera crap, but he didn't no, say crap. Opportunity is good. Oh, <laughs> but he's he you uh, he had to get to that word. It took him a second to figure. His out. his English is really good. Oh, and he's funny too. Yesterday, he's so got a good, I asked yeah. him. I asked him yesterday. I mentioned, hey, Kuzmenko called uh, Gonchar a legend. And this is after the right after we finished because I mentioned it, this is just as he's taking his mic off and we're just talking. And then he's like, he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, that's Kuzi just trying to get more ice time, probably. <laughs> as he's like walking away with this with his wife. It, it was very. He funny. signs an extension the next day. Yeah, well, good call. I mean, Gonchar is probably on board for it. Um, Niels Huglander. Okay, this is what I. This is the feeling I got. I don't think I've been saying for a while. I think they're going to leave Huglander in the uh, AHL for a while. I don't think he's going to be in Abbotsford for as long as I originally thought. There's no. This is from his camp. There's no worry from him about staying in the AHL from him or his camp. He's comfortable there in the AHL. He's aware of what the situation wants him to work on. His agent flew in from Sweden. He's here this weekend. Okay, I talked to him last night at the game. He's doing good. Hugs is good. He's playing great, and uh, they want him to play with a little more grit. He's doing that down in the AHL. Watch him come up uh, in the NHL and be a feisty little cracker again. He's throwing elbows again down there. You see this last week? He's throwing elbows again. So I think he's comfortable. He knows that there's things to work on. So don't worry about him in the HL. And just from what I heard, I don't think it's going to be much longer down there either. I think they want to get him back up. Him and Pods are coming back here pretty soon. So we talked about this a lot yesterday. I said to let him sit, let him stay out of this tire fire. But I, 
from what I heard yesterday, not much longer. He will be back in the NHL this year. Before you continue here, uh, Brian Urquhart jumped in the chat and said, Canucks equal 500 hockey for life. Once you get used to this idea, life is easier. One second. Because Brian makes a really good point. I'm not not going to start screaming. One sec. Okay. The Canucks are in a never-ending chase for a 500 record, it feels like. Like, playoff spot aside. No, look for a 550 record getting the playoffs. No, no, no. They are... They're, they're hopeful that they can compete for a playoff spot, but they haven't been able to, Chris. They are instead, in reality, chasing a 500 record. This market gets so pumped anytime this team's at 500. Like, this is, this is what we've signed up for. <laughs> I'm going crazy. Okay, go ahead. You go. You got more? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I do. I have more news. Uh, what did Corey say there? What would make sense to do bring them up with this huge break in games? Uh, yeah, there, there's going to be more. I think there's a three-day. It's a one, like weekday break in the AHL, so they don't have as much as long as a break. I don't think it's going to be like next week, but it's not going to be as long as I thought later on in the season. So I think we're going to see them up here, and I likely, and well, fans and everybody should likely uh, imagine that they're going to be down in the AHL for the playoff run as well. Because I don't, you know, just have, I'm on another hunch here. I don't think the Vancouver Canucks are going to make the playoffs. So the Abbotsford Canucks, they're looking good. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, So expect to see them back down there for that. Uh, Jack Rathbone, okay? He won't travel with Abbotsford on this next road trip. Uh, don't think he's going to be available until the All-Star break in the AHL, which is kind of the same time around the NHL. He won't travel with Abbotsford, but he is doing much better than the injury looked. Okay, it's uh, I'll say, how can I say this? His body isn't injured. Does that make sense? Pick what I'm putting down. What the hell like are his, you talking uh, about? His body isn't, <laughs> isn't injured. Like, I asked if it was a shoulder or an <laughs> can't arm. just stop. This it's is not like... an upper body or a lower body injury, but that's all I know. I can't say exactly what it is, but I know it's not an upper body or a lower body injury. That's literally impossible. The well, upper body is from the waist up, and the lower body is from the waist down. No, your upper body is from your... Uh, from it's your not from your waist to belly your button, neck, Chris. Belly button to your neck is fine. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. Um, but he's doing better than uh, than the injury looked. I know that uh, about Rathbone, okay? He's doing uh, better. Fantastic. He'll be back. He'll be back uh, soon-ish. It's okay. Uh, Sonny, Sonny Demo draw, uh, jumped in the chat. <laughs> I probably butchered that. Said, Quad's rant reminds me of Joker's serious rant from The Dark Knight. This is my Joker origin story. Like yeah. I said, you're going to see I'm me. So, I'm so jealous you get tomorrow off. <laughs> I don't get tomorrow well, off. Well, from coming here and doing yeah. this stuff. I, I, I'm, I love doing this show with Harm because, like, listen, I like doing the show with you. But when I do it with Harm, it's like I just let him run. Like, Harm just talks and talks and talks. He's like drants. And I feel like uh, Jamie Dodd uh, did with their show. Harmon will be a lot calmer than I was today, I think. <laughs> he might be broken, too, man. Well, yeah, All right, speaking but, of uh, yeah. being broken. Aiden McDonough and the Canucks. Uh, the more I hear around this situation, the more I worry about him signing with the Canucks. Uh, I would not be surprised, and I'm not reporting anything here. I'm just, from my vibe, I, I wonder if he might be a guy who's in on the Horvat deal, actually. Like, could wow. could a team like, if, if Carolina's in, if Boston's in, those two teams, if the Rangers are maybe the interested team, that area, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw McDonough's name in there to kind of just add that little bit of value that maybe if they are just getting Horvat for a rental, they're getting Horvat for a rental, but they're getting this McDonough kid who they really like out of the NCAA might be something uh, that I hear. And it's just, listen, when he, he told us and he said it on this show, or what, I don't think it was on the show, but it was an interview in the offseason. Like, mm. he, his plan is to sign with the Vancouver Canucks. He told us that in the summer. That was his plan at the time. So... 
I just, the more and more I hear around the situation, and I'm not hearing this from him. I haven't talked to him about signing since that day. But the more rumors and stuff that I hear around this, it, it does make me worry about it because I think this guy can be a nice addition to the team. And it's still, it's not like it's 90% to not happen. Like, he could very easily sign with the Canucks. It's something that could very easily happen. There's a lot of swirling rumors that I don't want to, you know, they're they're out there. People are talking. And I, I just think that if a team is one of those Boston Rangers, Carolina, these teams could see him in the Horvat deal. We'll see what happens. But he might end up just signing with Vancouver and coming to play. And that'd be cool. I love McDonough. He's one of the guys I've talked with the most uh, in the prospect pool. He's a great dude, too. Okay. Bad way, bad way, bad No, way. no, no. Last one. Jacob Truscott. It's been very good lately. Three goals, three assists over his last five games. In those five games, he's holding a 67.1% control of expected goals. This is good, right? That's good in NCAA hockey. It's even better because those games, every game they play, uh, he's with Michigan, so every game they play this month is against a top 10 ranked NCAA opponent. Uh, Number eight, Ohio State. Number two, Minnesota. Number six, Penn State. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Truscott here moving forward. I'll say that. How does signing Andre Kuzmenko get you closer to a banner? Every time Alvin's asked about something about this team, he well, says... Well, we're talking to him tomorrow, so I well, think Well, the, the fans are missing a banner here. How are you going to get him closer? That's not an answer. Anyways, I'm done. Okay, I'm going for my weekend. Um, Betway, bet... Oh, I can't even close it. Betway, I'll go. Say, Let's one go. One last thing about Truscott. You watch him play, I think he can play in the AHL right now. I think he can play Fantastic. in the AHL right now. Good. And he plays that role. I know the Canucks like the role that he plays and the style that he plays. He's a complimentary defenseman. He knows how to play with an offensive partner. He kills penalties. He can probably play in the NHL, too, at this point. You know what? They need some guys on ELCs to play next year. Let's go. Maybe he will. Maybe him and Philip Johansson will be your third pairing of the NHL next year. Go. Betway. Get us out of here. Betway, Betway, Betway. Let's uh, get this going here. Uh, Miko Rantanen. Oh, geez. This is a... Yeah, so I rolled this, and the the Avalanche are playing the Ducks. Like, come on. they, you got to pay them money just for the avalanche. Anyways, Miko ranted in over 3.5 shots on net, uh, minus 120. Uh, $10 bet will get you 1833 on Betway, Betway, Betway. The other one, um, avalanche to win over 6.5 total goals. Nate McKinnon to have two or more points. Quads last 11 games for Nate McKinnon. How many games has he had multi point nights in those last 11 games? 10. No, seven. Seven of his last 11, he's at multi-point. McKinnon's rolling, baby, and he's rolling in. Uh, the Ducks are rolling in. They're about to get just smashed in in Colorado against this avalanche. He was one, I think, seven in a row. So, okay, yeah. Hurry up. I've uh, I've got plans. Yeah, to go and kick. we're lagging out here. I've got plans to go kick a can down the road with Canucks management. Okay. YouTube is, is completely gone at this point. So, uh, appreciate everyone in the chat. Lots of people in here. Oh, geez. But everyone's dropping off now. They know the, the lag is killing it. Okay. Anyways, podcast is good, so that's going to get posted. Okay. Uh, yeah, 19 plus, uh, if you choose to play, play responsibly yeah, bet over responsibly. at Betway. Okay. Nobody uh, got the word of the day. Uh, uh, yeah, a couple people did. Uh, Dia Trip. Yeah. Uh, bitter or abusive speech or piece of writing. Quad's going to be writing, Quad maybe with some Dia Tribs tonight. Yeah, we'll see. Dia okay. Tribs. Uh, Dia Tribs? We'll, we'll close it out there. Dia Tribe? For my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Aaron Bordado. I'm sorry you had to listen to that, folks. My name is Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Diatrib, Diatribe. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?